His name is Kyle. Yeah. yeah. He's never prepared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is the tech guy. Yeah. In case you cared. Yeah. No. Her name is Becky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She likes the Lord. Yeah. yeah. She will get angry. Yeah. If you make her bored. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Britton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here to make jokes. Yeah. yeah. I have no other purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to make yeah. jokes. <laughs> that was excellent. Thanks. Well done. I wish you guys had played along last week so we could have done it earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this week you were like, just say yeah. We can do that with no preparation. Last week, you were like, sing a song you don't know. I had too high of expectations with you, and I should have realized that I just need to drop it down to the bottom, and then maybe we can build it up. Yeah. Do tell us more about that. Okay. So I found that throughout this podcast- Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. No one else has ever had high expectations of the two of you and felt disappointed. Nope. Nope. This is Pod Trivia, the fully vaccinated podcast. Whoop. Uh, not fully. The not fully. Okay. The Kyle's vac- only had one. Mm, slacker. I've only had my one shot. But I'm Kyle. Oh, hi. <laughs> How's it going, Kyle? <laughs> no, this is where we introduce ourselves. That's the normal introduction point. <laughs> no, it is. I just really wanted to make it weird because you really uh, did it out of left. Also. What do you what do you think the point of the song was? No, but we always said this is pod trivia. I'm Britain, I'm Kyle, I'm Becky. That's the thing that I was doing. Yeah, but I didn't say I'm Britain. So you're not allowed uh, to say that you're Kyle. Oh, allowed. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a fun fact today. Yeah, what's up? In Washington, and probably most of the United States, when making a left turn into a road that has two lanes. You should pull into the far left lane, and then if you would like to go into the right lane, you use your blinker in order to change lanes. I think I learned the opposite in driving school. and That was in California, to be fair. Okay, California. But I think I learned that you're supposed to go to the outside lane when making a left from a single left-hand turn lane. So you're supposed to cross one lane of traffic in order to get to the far lane? While turning left. That's what I learned. That's wrong. That's why California is so bad at driving. So did this fun fact just come from nowhere or did you get a ticket recently? No. (laughs) This is like my one big pet peeve with drivers is when they do this. And I know that it's it doesn't really matter that much and doesn't cause that much issues. But that's like the one thing where I'm just like, no, just just turn into the same lane that you're in. Why are you changing lanes mid-turn? I think that there's like a logical argument for it, but I don't know that it has any consequence whatsoever. I have another driving fun fact. Real quick before we move on. The only other thing is that if you're taking a left on a two-lane and you go into your correct lane, that allows someone on the opposite side who's taking a right, they should be able to turn into their own lane. Sure. But they can't do that if the people taking left. I will say that if I'm taking a left and I am turning into the closer to me lane and someone's taking a right, even if I know there's room, it freaks me out every time. And I don't know why anyone would turn right while while a car is doing it. It bothers Uh, me every time. I agree. 
but it's because people don't follow the rules. If everyone always did that, it wouldn't be an issue. You could trust people, but because you can't. So really what this boils down to is no one, never trust anyone. You're also then trusting the person turning right that they're not going to swing over past the middle line, which is a pet peeve of mine that when people turn, even just on a right, and they like swing over into the other lane. Like, no, no, your car should stay in one lane. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kyle. Um, And half of the world. Yeah, a lot of the world. My fun fact is that in Idaho, um, for a long time, I don't know if it's still true, it was illegal to take a right on a red. It just wasn't the law there. Cops would sometimes like move over to Washington. And, you know, I'm sure that there's some amount of testing that you have to take. Nowadays, I don't know what the rules have been. But my dad, several times in eastern Washington growing up while fishing, got pulled over by cops who were like either Idaho cops or um, had moved to Washington and thought it was illegal to go right on a red. And this happened so often that he printed out, or I guess not back then printed, but somehow got like the rules of the road and like kept it with him so he could prove cops wrong. Are you saying that (laughs) they didn't have printers back then? They had printers back in the 80s, honey. Okay. um, So my dad was alive before the 80s. Yeah, but what decade was this? I mean, in his 20s, his family probably didn't own a printer until the 80s-ish. They had to, he had to type it out on a... I think he, like, went to the DMV and, like, got one. Yeah, I'm sure they would have, like, big pamphlets. Yeah. Typewriter. That's the word. In college, he had a typewriter. That's not, that's not crazy, y'all. Yeah. I've used a typewriter before. Okay. I also had a typewriter, but I didn't use it for anything. Uh, I had an electronic typewriter. So, children, a typewriter is like a... (laughs) Non-electric computer where you hit your keyboard and it stamps the piece of paper. It's just a whole bunch of keyboard stamps and you can use it to write books and memos and things. Memos. The children don't know what a keyboard is, but they know what a memo is. (laughs) A memo is like a thing that you would send out to the office to be like, hey, memo, Fridays is now casual Friday. All right, what are we talking about today? Yeah, what are we talking about today? I want to talk about two filmmakers, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. I want to talk about their friendship, um, but also rivalry and the constant one-upping of one another. And then also, I want to talk a little bit about how the two of them might have saved the Disney Corporation. (gasps) Gasps. Is that all? Yeah, that's all I want to talk about. No, no, Becky, do you have more to say than just a gasp? <laughs> I do. Y'all kept going. Um, uh, no. Okay. Just no. Yeah. They didn't steal. They didn't save Disney. Disney didn't need help. I mean, Star I'll get into Wars it. needed help. I'll Disney get into it. saved Star Wars. That's not true. You're welcome. Well, actually, that is sort of true. I am aware. I don't need you to validate me. I need everyone to validate me, though. So <laughs> please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> leave us the five stars, please. Thank you. Also, I have, I have a... Um, ooh, I'm going to text you, Britton. I have a um, 
a conspiracy theory about these two. And I think it'll be more fun if you're in on this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, you keep talking and we'll pretend uh-huh. to listen while we talk behind your back over text message. Thank you. Thank you. I'm immediately going to be asking you two a question. Okay. So if you're unfamiliar with Steven Spielberg, he's the direct he's a director and he's the creative mind behind such films as Britain and Becky. Can you name any Spielberg films? Jurassic Park. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park. Both Star Wars. No. E.T. Yes. Um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. No. The Land Before Time. The Goonies. No. no. I think we've named all of them. He has not been a very prolific director. He has directed such films as? This was a joke. <laughs> Jaws? Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Indiana Jones? E.T.? The Color Purple? Hook? Jurassic Park? Schindler's List? Saving Private Ryan? Minority Report? Catch Me If You Can? War of the Worlds, War Horse, Lincoln, and many others. Catch Me If You Can is such a good movie. It, it really is. is. It's a fantastic movie. It's one of my like top 20. George Lucas, on the other hand, is the director and creative mind, and creative mind behind such films as... John. Star Wars, Star Wars 1, Star Indiana Wars 2, Jones. Star Wars 3, Star Wars 4, Star Wars 5, Star Wars A New Hope, Star Wars A Star Wars Story, Mandalorian, Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda Goes to Paris, Baby Yoda Rides a Bike, <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure with Yoda. And don't forget, Star Wars, the time we retold the same story with different characters. Yes, so he is the creative mind mind behind Star Wars. No, wait, really? He did Star Wars? That's crazy. He also did the really fantastic movie American Graffiti. A Star Wars story. But if you go look at his IMDb, it's basically just all Star Wars. The two filmmakers were a part of what was known as the Film Brat Generation, which was a group of filmmakers who grew up loving movies and then ended up making films that only, quote-unquote, film brats would absolutely love. This group mostly included such directors as Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, John Milius, I think is how you say his last name, Brian De Palma, uh, Brian De Palma, I have that written down wrong, uh, Steven Spielberg, and Paul Schrader. So, given the era, George Lucas and Spielberg were both strong rivals at the time, but they were also incredibly close, famous friends who helped to work on each other's movies. For example, Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's special effects shop, uh, helped create the iconic CGI dinosaurs that were in Spielberg's Jurassic Park. But in the late 1970s, Lucas was reportedly extremely nervous that his upcoming sci-fi film, Star Wars, wouldn't be a big hit. Well, he was right there. (laughs) At the time, Spielberg was making his own sci-fi epic, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. With Jaws already under his belt, Spielberg was the better established director. During a break from filming Star Wars, Lucas uh, visited the set of Close Encounters. According to an interview with Spielberg for Turner Classic Movies, the visit did little to allay Lucas's concerns. Quote, he said, oh my god, your movie is going to be much more successful than Star Wars. This is going to be the biggest hit of all time. I can't believe this set. I can't believe what you're getting. And oh my goodness. He said, quote, all right. I'll tell you what, I will trade some points with you. You want to trade some points? I'll give you 2.5% of Star Wars if you give me 2.5% of Close Encounters. 
Well, so, one of those was a better deal than the other one. Yep. Because we don't know about close encounters of the fifth kind or the sixth kind or the seventh kind. I think it was third. Fourth? It, no, uh, Britain's making jokes that they didn't make uh, uh, sequels. Yeah. But it was the third kind. I thought he was making jokes that he didn't know the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess <laughs> that joke landed about as well as that movie did. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is an iconic film. There's no doubt about that. That's but. fine, but I'm not going to make a sequel to that joke. Yeah. I'm just going to move on, except I kind of just did with that. So Keep going, Kyle. Right. Spielberg replied, sure, I'll gamble with that. Sounds great. Lucas was right that Close Encounters would be a hit, but it was Star Wars that would become the standard bearer for the genre. The film made $775 million at the global box office compared with the $304 million that Close Encounters made. And the 80 spinoffs. Yes. Did he get a 2% of everything or just I the one I think he just got 2.5% of the original Star Wars, which was which still four. fine. Yeah. yeah, he's still doing all right for himself. It's still yep. bringing in money. So he adjusted for inflation. Spielberg's edge over Lucas, which meaning the amount of money he made uh, mm-hmm. above Lucas in terms of this trade. Came out to be about $40 million in today's money. What perhaps is the most remarkable part of the story, Lucas actually made good on this bet. And the two have remained friends, despite uh, Lucas needing to give up $40 million. They uh, then teamed up on four Indiana Jones films. Though we won't talk about the fourth one, we're only talking about the first three. But the fourth one's the best one. Is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they making another one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Star Wars. Stop while you're behind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did not think I was going to get a yeah on that one. Of course, the fact that they're both billionaires probably made the wager a slightly less bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, just a bit. Were they billionaires at the time? I don't think that they were both billionaires at the time. They were certainly very successful. If you're thinking about like percentages of the movie earnings, like 2% being whatever, 40 means that they were doing just fine. That's true. Good point. Yes. And Lucas, I believe even to today, no, he must have sold it when he sold. I don't know. He Lucas held on to the the toy rights to Star Wars for a very long time. I don't even know if I, I think he might still have some percentage of the toy rights. I'm sure he does. And and I think that that makes more money than all the films combined. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about their relationship with the Disney Corporation and how they might have saved Disney. Might. What might? What is, I use the word are, might. What are what 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 what? No, no, that's just my continued chagrin. Over this nonsense that is dribbling out your mouth. Uh huh. Disney was fine. Well, not they in the eighties. Rescued 80s. Star Wars. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant the merge that just happened. Nope, we're talking about the eighties. With the start of the new decade in the early eighties, then Disney CEO Michael Eisner began drafting in outside talent to come into Disney projects on films, television, and theme parks to bring new life into the company. After Walt Disney's passing in 1966, Disney had fallen into the now-dubbed, quote, Dark Ages for its entertainment and media. 
Their animation studio was struggling and film production companies were staggering. Theme parks were then called boring. Real quick. What, yep. sorry, what is this time period? I'm curious to look up what was produced in the Dark Ages. If you look up Disney Dark Ages, that is a yeah. section of their movies that would come up with it for you. I see. Okay. This is actually um, a really interesting thing. I don't know about the relationship to Star Wars, but the history of like Disney animation during right then and how they reused stuff and how mm -hmm. their storytelling changed dramatically and how they had to be like creative with less people is, is also really fascinating. So here are the, do you mind if I really quickly list off yeah, some movies? It. Some of the 12 best films of the Dark Age, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Robin Hood, which is a great film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. The Black Hole? I don't even know what that is. Popeye live action. Fox and the Hound. Fox and the, Hound the Great Mouse Detective, also great. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Another great movie. Is The Great Mouse Detective that one where he's in Australia and you made me watch it one time? I think that's The Rescuers Down Under. No, probably. Okay. The Great Mouse Detective is like Sherlock Holmes if he was a mouse. Okay. Yep. So it's funny that you bring up Who Framed R R R Roger Rabbit. I don't actually go into that here, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit was one of the films that Lucas actually um, collaborated with Disney on. Uh, ILM was the one who did all of the animation effects for um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I recently, Becky, you need to make a determine if this stays in the episode. Please take so all of that out. <laughs> that, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on September 22nd, 1984, after a seventh-month heated battle with the board of Disney directors and a hostile takeover attempt, Eisner and the late Frank G. Wells were announced as CEO and COO of Disney. The first action they took was to reassure Imagineering and the Disney theme parks that they would stay on top of the company forever. After restoring peace to Walt's proverbial, quote, Magic Kingdom, end quote, Disney and Wells promised to hire A-list celebrity talents to revitalize the company. Two of these talents were Lucas and Spielberg. Eisner was the chairman of Paramount Pictures and the only studio executive that believed in Spielberg and Lucas's idea for an adventure-slash-archaeologist's film, which became Raiders of the Lost Ark. Eisner funded the film and solidified a strong relationship with the two directors. In 1985, Disney, Spielberg, and Lucas were ready to strike a deal to revive the company and bring new stories to the big screen and theme parks alike. After Disneyland's 30th anniversary, Imagineering was longing for a brand new thriller-slash-action attraction after Michael Eisner's son called the park, quote, boring. Eisner went to Imagineer Tony Braxter, who pitched the idea of a Star wars theme attraction titled Star Tours. Which is a great ride. Fantastic ride. Like, it's always been a great ride. It makes yeah. me nauseous. That's why it's so good. That's just your vo <laughs> <laughs> The point is to take the women on the rides that incapacitate them, and then you can have the day to yourself. <laughs> That's just your vomit talking, Becky. Don't wow, listen to it. Wow, wow, wow. I think my favorite part of that ride every single time is the beginning where they like single out somebody in the audience yeah, as being- Yeah, Kyle like, delights like, in it. He loves I love it every chosen. single time. It's, it's the most hilarious thing ever. Continue. All right. The uh, Star Tours marked the first attraction to appear in a Disney park that was not a Disney-branded property. 
at least until 2012 when Disney acquired Lucasfilms. They brought in Lucas to helm the creation of this attraction. Imagineering knew of the phenomenon of Star Wars and believed that Lucas's films were held in the same high esteem in the public as Disney films. After the opening of the successful Captain EO, more on that in one second, just down the street from the future Star Tours attraction, Lucas and Disney made a partnership to create Star Tours. Disney Imagineers purchased four military-grade flight simulators for $500,000 apiece. Lucas rallied his team of special effects wizards from Industrial Light and Magic to program the first-person perspective film projected inside the Star Speeder 3000. On January 7, 1987, George Lucas joined Mickey Mouse to open Star Tours to thousands of guests officially. Lines were four hours long and extended down to Main Street, USA. Disneyland Park stayed open for 60 hours during the opening of the attraction, and attendance rose. So go. can you quickly go over the timeline of Star Wars and Disney? So yeah, Disney when did started, the movie come out? So the movie, the original Star Wars oh, movie sorry, came out. sorry, you wanted to know when Disneyland opened? No, no, no. Just oh. the, because obviously you mentioned they started Star Tours, but yeah. Star Wars was not a part of Disney. They just right. were able to put that ride. And it wasn't until 2012 that they yes. became Bought merged. It. Yeah. Okay. Correct. That's, that's pretty much all I needed. Okay. So 1977 was when the first Star Wars movie came out. Sure. That was my question, not understanding his question. Yeah. Michael Eisner, who was the CEO of Disney, sort of had partnered with Lucas and Spielberg on Indiana Jones because he was part of Paramount Pictures who funded the film. So he had a good relationship with Lucas, was able to then get Lucas on board with the idea of putting Star Tours in the park, even though it was not a Disney-owned property. Um, and it is it, it, it was the only example of this um, cool. the that Disney has ever done. Well, um, there was also a Michael Jackson ride in like the 80s, and they don't own him. Um, That's Captain EO. I'm about to cover Captain EO okay. in just a second. I, I was going to say... There's the Hall of Presidents. They don't own Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Accurate. Um, I was going to say. You better say, check yourself, Kyle. Yeah, get it together. Politics of who's the CEO of Disney and the transfer from a family company to yeah. someone being in charge of it that wasn't family is truly fascinating. History and also looking at like like some decision like but but also everyone with the last name disney like also wasn't walt so like some bad decisions were made anyways i I find all of that super fascinating maybe we'll do an episode at some point on how you build a company like that i sort of brushed over it there but when michael eisner took over the company it was literally a battle for him to become ceo of the company it took like him seven months from sort of being the obvious choice for Disney to become CEO to then actually becoming CEO. And in that seven months, they almost got like uh, taken over by another company in, in a hostile takeover. So like there was there's a lot of yeah like politics that went into him eventually becoming CEO. And arguably he wasn't really the best no. CEO. They went overall. back to a Disney after that, I'm pretty sure. But anyways. Uh, I think after Eisner was Bob Iger, but I'm not sure. I, I don't like really- Bob. I don't like Bob Iger. I know about him from the Captain Marvel episode. I can participate. <laughs> Go listen to the Captain Marvel episode if you haven't already, and you'll right. learn a little episode. bit more about Bob Eisner as a CEO. No, Bob Iger. Bob Iger. You, you, 
You're talking about uh, you're talking about a different pop. Bob. Are am I? I think you are. I don't think so. I think you're talking about uh, Bob Shapik. The, the, the guy who worked CEO. for Marvel for forever. I know, and there's he... also Robert Iger. Only men named Bob can have this job. Yeah, I think you're talking about the guy who worked for Marvel for such a long time and would... Uh... Say no to women plots. Yeah, say no say no to like women-led properties. Yeah, and I'm pulling up my Captain Marvel notes right now. Okay. So we can find out. Oh, Ike Perlmutter. Yeah, Ike. Ike Perlmutter is his name. Oh, it was the memoir of Bob Iger that supported these claims. Bob Iger is good, guys. He's a great person. We're not canceling Bob Iger. All right. Uh, well, I'm reading his um, Wikipedia right now, and let's not like give him a ringing endorsement. Either. Oh, no, I'm not trying to give him a ringing endorsement. Either. I'm just saying right. we shouldn't. All right. Okay. Okay. All of, D's, all of Disney is terrible. <laughs> We're not trying to sway anyone's opinion, and we're allegedly saying things in other legal terms. That are not true. We can just, we can own it. Continue, Kyle. Going back to Captain EO, Star Tours was actually not Lucas's first collaboration with Disney Parks. In fact, Captain EO was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, better known for directing what other film? Do either of you know? The Godfather. Yes! The Godfather. The Godfather 2. I've been married to you for more yes. than five minutes, Kyle. And who is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola? His nephew. John. Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay. I see yeah. the crazy hair in yeah. my mind's eye. I mean, but can you see the director of The Godfather in your mind's eye? No. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted <laughs> like, who else were you picturing? The guy who plays the Godfather? <laughs> no, I honestly am mostly just picturing Nicolas Cage. Okay, and... great, great, great. The bees, the bees. I made a leap of faith there, and it sounds like I was accurate. So once yeah. again, as always, please don't question me, <laughs> because you'll find out that I know nothing. I believe in the intro song, we decided that that was my job. <laughs> Okay, so Captain EO was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and was dubbed the first ever 4D film. It took a total of a year and a half to complete the music film slash music video with Michael Jackson choreographing every beat of the 17-minute film and starring as its hero, Captain EO. Disneyland stayed open for over 60 straight hours as Michael Jackson flocked to the Magic Eye Theater in Tomorrowland to watch the $15 million music video. Given Jackson's popularity after the success of Thriller, this brought fans into the park by the droves. On this streak of success, Eisner brought the idea to Lucas to make a new Thriller ride for their adventure park, based on his film Indiana Jones. Did they force Michael Jackson to watch all 60 hours of this music video on repeat? No, I doubt that. Sit here and watch what you've made. <laughs> no, I don't think that they clockwork oranged him. You said it was 17 minutes long? Yes. They played it about 85 times Okay. in those 60 hours. That's a lot of times. Okay. Uh, Adventure Park, Indiana Jones. Lucas happily agreed to the idea of doing an Indiana Jones ride. Many worried that Indiana Jones would be far too expensive. 
uh, it was very hard for Eisner to push back and finally get the attraction made. There was also a worry that Indiana Jones was no longer uh, relevant. I mean, yeah. So combining the immersive theme that they had already done in other attractions such as Pirates of the Caribbean and the excitement and thriller of something like Star Tours, the Indiana Jones Adventure was a breakthrough attraction with a motion-based ride system that made you feel like you were falling off cliffs, hopping over stones. Uh, George Lucas even convinced John Williams to produce the soundtrack for the attraction, and Lucas was heavily involved with Imagineers to capture the Indiana Jones experience perfectly. On March 4th, 1995, in celebration with Disneyland's 40th anniversary, Indiana Jones in the Lost River Delta was opened with invited celebrity guests such as Lucas, Carrie Fisher, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dan Aykroyd, and the whole cast of the Full House TV series. What a weird pull. Like, I got everyone <laughs> until we got to... They, I mean, I think Disney owned the network. <laughs> yeah, it was ABC, so... All right, I, I see a little bit more. I don't know if they owned it then, but... I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. Disneyland Park attendance grew exponentially, and Lucas and Spielberg's Indiana Jones franchise proved to be a hit with guests, critics, and Disney executives alike. Spielberg and Lucas are the real underdogs when it comes to helping to revitalize Disney's company during Disney's darkest period in the 70s and 80s. Spielberg's continuous relationship with the company and his Albaline Entertainment and Lucasfilms and the new Star Wars adventures like The Mandalorian helped drive big success for the organization. Without their involvement, Captain EO, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and more, Disney would be very different. Did you say Albaline? Amblin, I believe is how it's pronounced. A-M-B-L-I-N. And can you what use that, that mean? in a different sentence? It's the name of Spielberg's entertainment company. It's oh. Amblin oh. Entertainment. Thank you. Okay, that's helpful in context. Also, did you call those white male billionaires underdogs? Yeah, I mean, they... No! <laughs> what no! dog were they under? <laughs> Man, no! they really they really struggled through okay, producing a million fair, movies. In the 70s and 80s, they weren't the names that they are today. Having Eisner bring them on board Disney was looked at as a risk for Eisner. And and he was spending, I mean, supposedly the Indiana Jones attraction spent $100 million to be made. Like, that's that's a real risk that he's taking on these guys that don't really have the name recognition that they do today. If anything, Eichner is the underdog then. A risk doesn't have to be an underdog. Like, I, you know, like, I accept that, yeah, it's a risk, you know, but that doesn't mean that he's... <laughs> that he's no, an underdog <laughs> means that things are likely to be against you. Nothing, nothing in their lives were likely to be against them. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. Okay, so here's my theory. Yes, go ahead. What's your... Um... Conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. Mm. They are the same person. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they just like made a fake competition and then fake, you know, published this conversation about percentages of their movies to like get more press for their okay, but not spectacular movies. And I mean, all I have to say on the subject is I've never seen their birth certificates. Accurate. So what are they hiding? Hmm? 
release that information if you're I not mean, the same person. I mean, I mean, Britain's seen a lot of birth certificates. So, like, if Britain hasn't seen it, what are we doing here? Yeah, I'm kind of the birth certificate master. Yeah. I know that that's why you guys brought me on the podcast, because Accurate. that's my level of expertise. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. So, my question in response to this would be, did they hire an actor to play the other person? What do you mean? I clearly said they used wigs. Did you? Kyle, have you ever been in the same room with both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg at the same time? The Spielberg! Spielberg, whatever, <laughs> Salisbury Steak Man. Yeah. <laughs> have you been have in the same I room? Have I ever been in the room with the both of them? No, I have not ever been in the room with And the you both haven't of them. seen their birth certificate. So how yeah. can you say? Yeah. I have seen pictures of the two of them. Mm. Oh. I thought you were going to say you'd seen pictures of their birth certificates. And I was what? like, that's a little weird. And it's so it's so good that technology can do all these cool things, but yeah, we can yeah. no longer fake pictures. Yeah. Star Wars is real. <laughs> they obviously took around. a camera into space because now, be you fair, can't fake anything. To be fair, I think that Spielberg generally... Um, it's pronounced Spielsberg. When he's dressed as Salisbury Stick, um, he seems to have a better reputation on set than George Lucas. Like, we do need to, like, lightly call out that George Lucas is kind of a schmuck. But that's because he changes his personality. So oh, people that's don't part get... Of the, that's part of the act. Exactly. It helps convince people, like Kyle, who just mm-hmm. so blindly mm-hmm. follows everything they read on the internet. S- send send help, audience. Send help. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'm doing a podcast with crazy people. Send help. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this it is, up to your this mouth. This is not new. This is not news. This is what we do here. All right. I'm literally I- said my only purpose is to make jokes. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do rapid trivia. Let's do rapid trivia. Rapid trivia. Okay, for that you definitely did not need to move closer to the mic. Yeah, you could have even not since you've turned it up. You, you could have, have to, like have covered covered the mic and then also covered your mouth and not said anything. Rapid trivia. So this works really well with the theme that I picked for rapid trivia we are going to do disney movie quotes cool so this is actually accidentally a very full disney episode excellent um we're gonna go back and forth and i got this list off of cinema blend and is the 14 best disney quotes and you know they're probably not the best ones but they are all from animated movies so okay what did you say i said we're boring becky no because you were young. No, I'm just I was just tired. making a joke. Okay, okay. No, she's not yelling. When she's bored, she yells at us. That is That's accurate. True. And I had some yelling to get out today. Can you guys do rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first to I'll keep go it fair? First. Okay. <laughs> it's best not to fight with her audience. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> yes! That's a Star Wars quote. Yes. Well done. Quote one, Becky. Hmm. The only way to get what you want in this world is through hard work. Such a generic quote. 
Is it from The Princess and the Frog? It is from The Princess and the Frog. Good job. Thank you. Kyle, success doesn't come for free. You have to do whatever it takes to seize your moment. If he doesn't know, I want to do a guess before you say for all of his. Okay. I have no idea. Is it Hercules? It's from Coco. It is said by Ernesto de la Cruz, Um, the bad guy. Question three. Take her to the moon for me, okay? That is from the Emotions movie, which is what I call it in my brain because I think that the name is silly. Um, (laughs) Hold on. Riley has five emotions in her head. (laughs) You're killing it. Yeah, you're not. Anger, sadness. That is joy. Not the name of the movie. Worry. Five, four, Wait, three, you mean Kyle in 12 minutes? Two, one. Ah! Inside out. That line was said by Bing Bong. Okay, you literally gave him like 12 minutes. And at least I was talking. Question four. There's no one I'd rather be than me. There's no one I'd rather be than me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that is Baloo in the Jungle Book. That is from Wreck-It Ralph. That is uh, Wreck-It Ralph accepting himself. Great movie. Bringing it back to Becky. Like so many things, it's not what's outside, but what's inside that counts. It's not inside out, is it? <laughs> no, it is not inside out again. No it's movies repeat. Inside that counts. Is it is it recent? It seems recent. I'm not going to give you a hint because you're currently in the lead. Is it Big Hero 6? No, that is one of the first lines from Aladdin. Oh. Ah. Yeah, it is said voiced by the peddler. Oh. Who was voiced by? Do you guys know? Robin Williams. I was trying oh, to remember. That's right. Because yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Kyle. I'm going to judge you if okay. you can't get this one. Well, good luck, everyone. Get ready. Question six. Some people are worth melting for. (laughs) Oh, Frozen? That is correct. We clearly don't have kids yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, who else but Olaf would say that? Yeah, right. Becky, question Mm. seven. Our fate lives within us. You only have to be brave enough to see it. Brave? That is brave. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> As I read it, mm-hmm. I, I saw the picture. I was like, oh, it's brave. I don't know if she'll get it. And then I was like, it says the word brave. Again, if you can't get this one. Okay, Kyle, again. Get it together. I'm pitching. Uh, here's a like mm-hmm. a lob ball. Like I am bowling the baseball towards you. You got this. Ohana means family. And family means no one gets left behind. Lilo and Stitch accurate when you read it i was like there's a 50 50 chance he says moana (laughs) (laughs) becky question nine again i believe in you i never look back darling it distracts from the now incredibles that is correct i never look back darling no no Uh, no actually that was pretty good because if you didn't do it i was going to yeah but i was trying to picture her voice in my head so good work yeah kyle This could tie it up, or this could not tie it up. Question 10. Oh, yes, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. 
I don't know. Gosh, it's so familiar. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph too. Is it Is it Onward? No, it is The Lion King. <laughs> oh. Rafiki is saying it to Simba. Yeah. All right, I got four more. Should we go for it? Yeah. Becky, question 11. The, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. Mulan. Correct. Get out my way. 90s princess movies, come on. Kyle, or question. Early 2000s, I should probably say. She's also not a princess. She is one of the princesses. How is she a princess? Ain't nobody asked you for your opinion on this. She's one of the princesses. Disney does an official list, and some people have been taken off, and Mulan is on there. Okay. Kyle, question 12. Think happy thoughts. Come on now. Come on now. I don't, I don't, stop clapping, Becky. I'll do whatever I want. pulling to Kyle. Like, I want to say Lion King, because... We did just say Lion King. I know. Thank you. (laughs) This is one, I wouldn't get this one either, but having read it, the where the quote is from i now understand why this is an obvious one if you know you know think happy thoughts harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban these are animated movies i understand all you need is faith and trust and pixie dust uh i haven't seen that in say, such a say long time we watched peter pan. peter pan together like six months ago no we did not oh i must have watched it without you <laughs> yeah becky it is a disappointing movie to return to, children. Do not do it. Oh, yes. Hook is fantastic. Becky, question 13. Always let conscious, con- always let conscience be your duck guide. Pinocchio? It is Pinocchio. Good work. Wow. Holy crap. Well, they talk about Jiminy Cricket as his conscience. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyle, again, I may have switched up the order in order to give you another <laughs> softball here. It's so <laughs> you got Pinocchio anyway, Becky. <laughs> that was supposed to be his Ky- Kyle's question. I knew okay. I would have never gotten that. Kyle, question 14. Yes. Just keep swimming. That would be either No. Finding Nemo. That is correct. Or No. Finding Dory. No, it's not. I mean, they're in it's in both. It's in both. It's is it? It plays a big part of Finding Dory. It does. Okay. Well, anyway, Becky definitely wins that round, as no one is surprised. But, Kyle, you held your own. You put forth the effort. You really did. So. You did great. Yeah. It feels disappointing. It always does, but you should be used to losing by now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you think that you could beat Becky in Disney quotes, mm. follow us on Instagram at PodTriviaCast. I don't know how that questions. relates. Follow us on Twitter at PodTriviaCast or email us at, or what is it? PodTriviaCast at gmail.com. There we go. Or don't. That's fine too. Like, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I can't force you to do anything, listener. Once again, I started a sentence and you went somewhere else with it. You took a large pause. What do you want me to do? Be quiet while I, while I say things. I'm just filling the silence for you to think. So that way when I provide you with my silence, uh, uh. On that lovely note. <laughs> Make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go right into that app. You can just do it right there. You click that five stars. Bye, Amy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
don't do that because then I have to edit out that noise.